Hi, Julie. Hi, Christine. How are you? I'm pretty good. You know, I wanted to address the fact that um, we're a few days later than usual in our podcast, and I wanted to Uh tell everybody why. Okay. Uh, Yeah. So you guys might remember um, a couple weeks ago, I gave an example. This might be a new thing that we do. Along with today years old, we should do things that happen to prove that Christine is old. Okay, let's do Yes, I'm here for it. I definitely have some old moments too. So we can have things that make us feel old. Yeah. Before we go any further, I want to point out that Julia is wearing a flesh colored (laughs) tank top and she looks naked. And I literally just finished, I just finished making it and I was like, oh, I just got to put it on. And then I didn't, I was like, oh, this is like a pinky color. And yeah, now that I'm looking at it in the, I look naked. It is literally the same color as my flesh. Yep. (laughs) You are naked without any nipples, but still. (laughs) Um, So the thing that um, made me feel old a couple weeks ago was that I tried to listen to Billie Eilish and I had to turn the bass down in my car. Right. Okay. So that happened. I worked from home on Thursday and Friday. I stayed at home on Saturday and Sunday I was like, I got to get the fuck out of this house. So (laughs) I took a shower and I was going to change out of my at home yoga pants to my <laughs> going the house yoga pants because I was just I was going to go to the office so mm-hmm. I was going to dress I was going to dress up my yoga pants one step and uh my yoga pants are in the bottom drawer of my dresser and I I'm standing there in a towel and I'm telling Dana I just gotta get out of the house okay like I just gotta go okay I'm just gonna I bend over to get these yoga pants out and my back just gives out <laughs> locks up <gasps> You know how it does? Like it just goes, it just like, that's the sound in your head. And I could hardly like stand back up. And then I was like, okay, I'm still going. I'm going. I put on my fancy yoga pants (laughs) and then I'm trying to like walk around the bedroom and get a shirt and Dana's like, you're not going anywhere. (laughs) And she was right. So I took a muscle relaxer because I have Mm -hmm. some on hand. That's what happens when you're old. You have muscle relaxers on hand. I do too. Yep. You do. It's true. And we were going to record and I messaged you and I was like, I am high on muscle relaxers. I cannot record. (laughs) So I did that Sunday. Oh my God. And I took one when I got home from work yesterday, but today I am muscle relaxer free. And how's your back? It just, you just, you had to just move around on it. Does it feel better? Feels better. If I go from sitting to standing, it hurts a little bit. Oh, oh, oh. Mm. Yesterday we took Dana's truck to run some errands. And it was difficult to get in and out of to her get truck. in and out. Mm-hmm. And that is what old people say. Yep. I had a hard time getting in and out of Kelly's truck after my I fell down the stairs. I couldn't get in her truck. I mean, I it, for months. I mean, I couldn't do anything for months, but getting in and out of the truck is hard. I totally I can I can understand that. You're not old. You're that's just that's what happens when you have pain. I think we need to I think we need to call it like 80. I'm 80 or something like that. Or you could or you could be like, I'm 50. I mean, it's not very original because that's that one girl, Sherry O'Terry, but yeah. It's not Sherry O'Terry. It's the other one. Oh, you're right. It's not Sherry O'Terry. It's that other girl that someone right. wrote. Molly Shannon. Molly, Molly Shannon. That's right. Yeah. But see, I really 50. am 50. That's true. You really are. And I, so yeah. I don't like to say that. I feel like the things I'm going through are like 80. I had a moment of Julie's old... Uh, yesterday when we were talking about like American scandals because we were talking about the Johnny Depp thing and my 
somebody was like, oh, is this like the American scandal of our generation? And I was like, the American scandal of our generation. I wouldn't say our generation, but I, but I was like, I don't I wouldn't say so. And I was like, what's the first scandal you remember? And he said, oh, gosh, I can't remember what he said. But I was like, I said the first one I remember is probably the Bill Clinton, Monica Lewinsky. Same. Or maybe, or maybe even. Yeah, that's probably what it was. And he was like, hmm, I don't think I was born when that one happened. And I'm like, oh, God, is that is that right? Is that Did possible? I hear him right? That's possible. Hear him right? Is that right? And then I just had to back out. But I wish I remembered what his was. His was. I think it was like Michael Jackson. Anywho, young, we're both old. We're getting, we're getting old. We're getting old. It's okay. It's okay. Getting old. Um, here's something I wanted to tell you about. It's a today years old that happened a couple weeks ago. And I've been meaning mm-hmm. to say, I was out with some people and they talked about something called the um, whispering arches. I think that's what it's called. It is in the New York subway system. Oh, okay. So there's some place in, I don't know if it's in union station. I don't think so. I think it's somewhere in the subway system where there's a square shaped room. And if you stand in opposite corners and whisper, the person on the other corner can hear you. Is it a subway? Did I say subway? You said sub, you said the subway on like the subway. Yeah, like under so the train underground underground subway yeah. new york and i was like i've never heard of that but then i googled it and i looked at the picture and i instantly felt like i was there with you like you and i were there in the whispering arches the picture oh of it was like, it's not a square it's the it's it i don't think it's a square yes i know what you're talking about if you stand on one por- portion and get to the other yeah it's union station downtown st louis <laughs> okay i tried <laughs> this person said it was new york i don't know there is there is another there is a place that you can do it in new york which i think has like that's a separate thing but yes in st louis if you stand when you're at union station like the that's not the aquarium if you stand on one side of the arch and someone stands on the other side you whisper yeah you can hear it from the other side yes but the new york one i i need to look into that one because i don't i feel like i heard of that and it's possible that we went to it but um I don't think we whispered in it, though. Like, I just, I Googled it and I saw the picture and I was like, I was there with Julie on Halloween. Oh, yeah. It's the Grand Central Station. Yes. You've done, we have definitely been to Grand Central Station. It's like the biggest, it's like the the hub. Every single subway, every single train goes through Grand Central Station. So, yes, it's, I don't know anything about like a whispering thing, but I don't know why they call it that. But we have, we definitely went to Grand Central Station. Yes. Okay, so we were there. We did not whisper. Um, mm-hmm. I have not been to Union Station since it still had the Fudge Factory, where those oh, people gosh. danced and sang and yes. made fudge. Remember that? It's definitely, def- I do remember that. They s- don't think it. Yeah, it's, it's the aquarium now. Yeah, a little history for St. Louisans. There you go. Do you have it today? Years old? I do, and it's really embarrassing. So, <laughs> I've been hearing this phrase. For so long, and I guess now that I'm like noticing these today years old, I'm like paying more attention to it. Somebody said, "Yeah, she made a beeline for it," and I was like, "Yeah, okay, beeline. That's one I probably should look up and see if I'm right about it." I always thought it was beeline. Oh god, I'm so embarrassed. I always thought it was like I made a beeline for it, like in the shape of a bee. And I always had that. 
I always thought that was so stupid because if you go in the shape of a bee, that will take you forever. Oh you, my god! You go like, straight, that... and then you do a hoop, and then you do a hoop. That's yes. not a bee. That's a horrible route to take. It's a horrible route. It will not get you there fast. But if you buzz there like a bumblebee, you'll get there real quick. <laughs> that is the best one and you've said yet. <laughs> I literally was like, I don't understand this beeline to the point where I think I, when I would needed to use that phrase, I think I might've said, yeah, I made a Z line or I made an A line or something. Cause I was like giving my own because I didn't think B made sense. You can't go in a shape <laughs> of a B. I think if you used that same line of thinking, the best letter would be the letter I. I made an I, I line. <laughs> I made an eyeline for it. Yes, you're right. <laughs> but I seriously think I would be like, yeah, I just made an A-line for it. I've definitely said that before. But you're right. I would have been much more fitting. I'm 42 years old and I just learned that B-line means bzz, like the bumblebee. The next time I see you, like, I want to be out walking somewhere and I want to start walking in the shape of a bee and see what happens. <laughs> Like, like we're out shopping with mom, like, I don't know, at the mall. And I'm like, okay, I want to go over to, uh, I don't even know it's at the mall anymore. Um, I'm going to go over there. And then I start walking in a bee shape. I'm like, I'm beelining it. I'm beelining it to Victoria's Secret. <laughs> I got to get there so I can get my pink panties before they sell out. <laughs> I haven't been to a Victoria's Secret in 20 years. Oh, man. I'll never forget the last time I went there. Side note really quick. I walked in there and I asked to be fitted. And the girl looked me up and down and she says, honey, we will not have your size. I remember I this. have like a negative. <laughs> I mean, that was I'm like, she's like, we don't even. And this is before they had online. She was like, I'll measure you, but you're not you're going to you're there's not going to be anything that fits you. Not because I'm large, ladies and gentlemen, but because I'm itty bitty titty committee. They sent you over to. um what was it, Libby Lou, the little children's <laughs> store in to the mall? Justice. To justice. justice. Yeah. <laughs> justice. You need a training bra, my dear. <laughs> this is a podcast where we talk about songs. We talk about the lyrics to those songs. And we talk about what those lyrics mean, what they mean to other people, what they might mean, what we think they mean, what they really mean. It's my turn to have a song, and I have a song. Oh, I'm so excited. So I, I want to say that I gave a little teaser on the Instagrams where I let people know that the next song was going to be heavy metal. Oh, yes. And I want to give a shout out to my friend Candy. Candy and Lance are a couple that live near us and they're good friends of ours. And Candy sent me the following message. You okay. mentioned in your last episode that you hadn't covered a heavy metal song. Here are some options I think you would like. Wrong Side of Heaven by Five Finger Death Punch. Wash It Away by Five Finger Death Punch. Save Me by Shinedown. Miss the Misery by Hailstorm. Hmm. And then her husband, boyfriend, Lance, texted me today and said, I suggest War Pigs by Black Sabbath for your next podcast. I am here to tell you that I have no fucking idea what either of these people just said to me in either of these <laughs> I don't know what you mean. I don't know if that's English. I don't know what a five finger death. I mean, is that a, is that a, what is, I, I don't understand you. You guys are on another level because when I say that I'm going to do a heavy metal song, I feel like I'm kind of a pussy. 
Um, because I'm doing one <gasps> by Metallica. Oh, that's like one of their best songs. But I feel like it's a pussy move because it's not as heavy as Five Finger Death Punch. Mm, so this no. might be like the a lullaby. Good song. Yeah. Oh, I still feel like it's more like a lullaby in the in the world of heavy metal. I think a lot of Metallica's like faint quote unquote famous songs or songs that they're known for aren't super super heavy. You know, Enter Sandman is kind of heavy. One is not. People that really like, you know, people are like, oh, that's not really like what Metallica really sounds like. But everyone kind of knows that they're they're heavy. Well, and I know because I used to hang out in that guy's Mike's basement and listen to heavy metal. Right. Exactly. My experience. Exactly. And I was able to tolerate it, but I'm going to tell you a story in a minute about what I was not able to tolerate, which is another 80. Okay. 80. 80 years old. All right. (laughs) These are the lyrics to the song one. Okay. I can't remember anything. Can't tell if this is true or a dream. Deep down inside, I feel to scream. This terrible silence stops me. Now that the war is through with me, I'm waking up. I cannot see that there's not much left of me. Nothing is real but pain now. Hold my breath as I wish for death. Oh, please, God, wake me. Back in the womb, it's much too real. In pumps, life that I must feel, but can't look forward to reveal. Look to the time when I will live. Fed through the tube that sticks in me, just like a wartime novelty. Tied to machines that make me be, cut this life off from me. Hold my breath as I wish for death. Oh God, please wake me. Now the world is gone. I'm just one. Oh God, help me. Hold my breath as I wish for death. Oh, please, God, help me. Darkness imprisoned me. All that I see, absolute horror. I cannot live. I cannot die. Trapped in myself, body, my holding cell. Landmine has taken my sight, taken my speech, taken my hearing, taken my arms, taken my legs, taken my soul, left me with life in hell. little uplifting words for you this evening yeah that sounds um that sounds pretty dark there christine it's pretty dark it's pretty that's real dark that's real real dark i never paid much attention to the lyrics and um whoo my goodness my goodness oh my goodness oh Oh, don't you know that's a sad one that's That's a a sad sad one. one yes so i don't know anything about it but if i were to interpret it i would think that it's about uh, suicide, honestly. I think that would be my interpretation. Mm-hmm. I might be mm-hmm. wrong. Am I wrong? <laughs> um, no, you no, you are not wrong. That is one layer of it. Okay. Um, I would like for you to take a look at the last stanza, <laughs> um, which is very sad, the things that were taken from him. But does this give you any more insight? Just the last four lines. Um, Landmine land has taken my sight, taken my speech, taken my hearing, taken my arms, taken my legs, taken my soul. Let me live, let m- left me with life in hell. No, I don't feel like there's, I don't feel like that gives me any other context. Um, Okay. 
Yeah, I don't know. I feel like that makes it that now that I'm narrowing it in, it's actually quite more confusing. Okay, understood. Understood. Well, I am going to just get right to it. Okay. 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 Do it. I'm not doing too much of a deep dive into the history of Metallica, and I'm going to tell you why. I was doing some Googling, okay? <laughs> and I saw that there was a documentary called Some Kind of Monster. And hmm. this is a documentary made in 2001 about the band Metallica. And so oh. I thought, well, as a part of my research, I'm going to watch the Metallica documentary. Right. Um, I might have mentioned this before, but because I am 80, <laughs> I couldn't fucking do it, man. I couldn't do oh. it. I could not listen. I'm sorry, heavy metal fans. I'm sorry, Candy. I'm sorry, Lance. <laughs> I'm sorry, metalheads or whatever you call yourself. You are all gentlemen and scholars. <laughs> I cannot handle this music. So in the documentary, there's a lot of their music. It's there's it's OK. Yes. Okay. okay I mean, what's of course, happening? But... There's something very interesting that's happening in the documentary, which I was very curious about. And that is that the band was going through some tumultuous time. And the band was having conflicts within each other. Like they weren't getting along. And you might not know this, but there is a person on the planet who has the coolest job in the world. Do you know what his job is? I'm going to tell you. Oh, what is he it? is a therapist for bands. Oh, like he mediates like between bands. Like he's end like of, couples therapy, but like band therapy. Yes. Yes. Oh, that is a great job. Can you imagine? I want Ooh. I want I want him to write a book. I don't I didn't get his name even, but I envy him. Ooh. The only so way the, he'd be able to ooh, how, ooh, yeah. I want to dive into his brain. Yes. yes Interesting. He, yes, he's like, how do you see the band going and what direction do you see? I was mm -hmm. loving that. Give me the psychology. Okay. Yes. They are showing them in their in their little therapy sessions. Then they are showing the members of Metallica with their little kids. They have little babies. Oh my god. And gosh, I was I like, ooh, it. show me more pictures of the babies. Let me see what your house looks like. Let yes. me see what your wife looks like. That was fun. what are you driving? Give me all this. Mm -hmm. Yes. Give me yes. yes. But then it was showing them recording. Mm -hmm. And so then it was a lot of music and I just couldn't do it. I could not okay. do it. So, so it looks like it's about, it was about like the filming of, or the um, recording of one of their albums. Is that what it is? Correct. They were recording okay. an album in 2000 that came out in 2003 and they hadn't made, put out an, an album in some time. There were some issues. So they went to therapy. Then they put out an album. Mm -hmm. I'm happy for the therapy. I don't give a shit about the album. <laughs> Sorry guys. Okay. But so I said, you know what? I, uh, I can't, I don't think I'm going to watch that. <laughs> But this is where, this is where life is fantastic. Oh my gosh. This song is based on a movie. One is or some kind of monster? One is based on a movie. Okay, don't tell me. Are you serious? Okay, when was it released? You, 1988. Okay, you, okay. Okay, first of all, you've never heard of the movie, I bet. But Okay, well, there it goes. Okay. The song comes out in 1988. The uh -huh. movie came out in 1971, and the movie is called Johnny Get Your Gun. Have you heard of Johnny Get Your Gun? I've heard that, yes. Something is ringing with me, but I don't know if it's... Tell me about it. 
Okay, when I heard Johnny get your gun, it made me think of Annie get your gun. And it's True, not that. Right. Okay. Okay. That's okay. that's where I went. Okay, I feel like I'm gonna um, take a it, moment and make sure I got that movie right. It's Johnny. Oh, hold on. No, I'm right. It's Johnny get your gun. Okay, okay, okay. So I said to myself, self, <laughs> what you can't handle the Metallica documentary. Why don't you watch Johnny get your gun? Oh, was it worse? Was it so horrible and violent? Dude, it was mm. the saddest thing I've ever seen in my life. Oh, my God. We are about seriously? to talk about the saddest and worst possible thing that's happened in the history of happening. Now, apparently this is not based on a true story. Okay. 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 It is based on a book. That oh, okay. The author says is also not a true story. But I am going to walk you through this movie. Okay. Before Ooh, I do okay. that, let me give you a little bit of background. Okay. The lyrics are based on the 1939 novel, Johnny Get His Gun, Johnny Got His Gun by okay. Dalton Trumbo. That's the author of the book. It is about World War One. What inspired wow. the song is a line from a book, the book that says, how could a man lose as much of himself as I have and still live? When a man buys a lottery ticket, you never expect him to win because it's a million to one shot. But if he does win, you'll believe it because one in a million still leaves one. Mm. If I had read about a guy like me in the paper, I wouldn't believe it because it's one in a million. But a million in one always leaves one. I would never expect it to happen to me because the odds are a million to one. But a million to one always leaves one. Wow. So those words are the narrator in the book. Mm -hmm. Johnny. And actually, his real name wasn't Johnny, but whatever. We're going to call him Johnny for the movie's sake. So those are the words of Johnny saying, what happened to me is one in a million. What? Okay. That okay. is the author talking oh about gosh. the. Okay. All right. Whoa. So. This was the first video that Metallica made, okay? And the video has clips from the movie. Every human being that is listening to this needs to go watch the video in the morning, outside, with birds <laughs> chirping, coffee, <laughs> and um, your happy butterflies place. with a puppy <laughs> on your lap, okay? <laughs> Do not watch the video at nighttime. Do not watch it alone. Do not watch it when you're sad. Do not watch it when you're depressed. Do not watch it without Whoa, your blankie in your hand. Do not watch it with a furry little animal on your lap because it's horrible. Really? Do not I'm watch like, I don't movie. remember it. Do not watch the movie alone on a rainy Friday when you're at home <laughs> in your unfancy yoga pants. <laughs> don't do what I did, okay? Oh, damn. I know I'm being really dramatic. I know I'm being dramatic, Melomaniacs. And for those mm. of you that know what I'm talking about, you are with me in this drama, I hope. I want to also say that Metallica ended up buying the royalties to the film Johnny Got His Gun. Because oh. they used it, and I guess like paying for it, they were negotiating, like, how much do we have to pay you to use it in the video? So Metallica mm -hmm. was like, fuck it, we're just going to buy the movie. Oh, wow. Here we go. Okay, tell this me. Is, this is the plot of Johnny Get Your Gun. Okay. There is a man, and he is 
it's World War One time, okay? Mm-hmm. And he has a girlfriend. So there's images of him with his girl. And she's like, I don't want you to go away. And he's like, I have to fight for my country. I have to go away. And she's like, I love you so much. And there's a scene where they are at his father's house. And I and they're like making out on the couch. And the father walks in and he, instead of getting mad, he says, you know, Johnny's leaving tomorrow for war. You two need to just go to bed. So he's like, Johnny, my son, Johnny, you and your girlfriend need to just go to bed. Like you're leaving for war tomorrow. So Johnny and his girlfriend go to his bedroom and it's like very cute. They get in bed together and they're very shy, but they spend the night together. Okay. And he leaves for war the next day. Ooh. okay. Jason Robarbs is a very famous actor. He plays the dad. Timothy Bottoms, who I don't really know well, he plays Joe. So the guy in the film, his real name is actually Joe. Okay. I don't know why they named it Johnny Get Your Gun. Huh. Okay. So Joe is going to leave for war the next day. His girlfriend, his name is Corrine, and they spend the night together. Okay. So there are flashes, okay? There's flashes in the movie of him getting like falling into mud and there's bombs going off. So you know that he is in combat. Mm-hmm. And then there's a flash of him with Kareen and, a, and then there's a scene and this is out of order. Okay. But these are scenes from the film. Okay. There's a scene where Johnny is talking to his dad and his dad says, you know, I never made much money. I'm just a blue collar guy. I'm a farmer. But one thing I have is this fishing pole. Like, no man can take away this fishing pole. This is his dad talking to Johnny when he's a little boy. Okay. And he's like, a man can eat and feed his family with this fishing pole. And everybody in town knows I have this great fishing pole. And Johnny's like, daddy, you're the best daddy in the world because you have that cool fishing pole. I love you, dad. Okay. (laughs) And then for some reason, they start talking about war. I don't know why. And Johnny's dad says, the number one thing that will make a father proud is if his son goes and fights for democracy and democracy is the best thing in the world. And Johnny's like, what's democracy? And his dad's like, I don't know. I just know people die for it. Okay. It's weird. (laughs) That's a little bit strange, but I mean, you know, it's kind of hard to define democracy actually. Okay. Yeah. But so his dad says democracy has something to do with killing each other. And he says, but I would offer up my last, I'm sorry, I would offer up my firstborn son to go to war for democracy. Okay. So there's a flash of that when Johnny's a little boy. Whoa. Okay. Johnny then goes camping with his dad and a friend. Okay. This is flashbacks. Okay. And Johnny and his friend go camping and his friend asks if they can, if he can use his dad's fishing pole and his dad's asleep and he gets the fishing pole. Oh my gosh. And he loses the fishing pole while they're out fishing. Oh, my God. And it is the most tender moment because Johnny comes back and he goes into his dad's tent and he goes in to tell him. And you're expecting, like, the dad to freak out because it's like this is in the 1930s. And the guy, Mm -hmm. the dad had just said, I would give you to war for democracy. But Johnny gets into the bed, the tent and the cot with his dad. And his dad just puts his arm around him and is like, it's okay. (gasps) So it's really beautiful. It's like really beautiful, that tender moment with him and his dad. Oh, my God. So let's go to the present day. Okay. 
In the film, Johnny is having flashbacks like I just told you. Mm -hmm. His current situation, this is a black and white film, all right? Mm -hmm. There is a thing in a bed. It is a human. Johnny is in a hospital bed. Okay. He has no arms. He has no legs. He cannot speak. He cannot see. He cannot hear. Oh, no way. So the image, they show an image of as if it's Johnny's perception and he's looking up at the doctors and nurses looking over him. Okay. And then they show it the other way and you can see this form with no arms and no legs. So it's a torso. There's a sheet over it. You never, it's always has a sheet over it. And then his face has a mask. That goes from like his eyebrows to his chin. Oh my God. Jaw was also blown off in the war. Oh my God. So the only thing you see of Johnny is his forehead in the entire movie. (gasps) There is a mat. I guess it's so unsightly because his face is blown off. Oh my gosh. So there's a mask over his head. Oh my gosh. Okay. And they have like the sheets clipped so that it stays like around his body, but you can see there's no arms or legs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so <sighs> let's just look at the song again. Okay. Landmine. So a landmine is a bomb that's like in the ground in war. Okay. Like you walk over it and it explodes. So it mm-hmm. says it right there. The landmine took my sight, my speech, my hearing, my arms, my legs, my soul. Okay. So that's like real like really where they tell you what this is about. Oh my gosh. That Are you is with me. Are you with I me? am it's, I I'm totally horrible. with you. I went to I wanted to see an image because I was like trying to picture it and I did, did you just Google like a it? Google image okay. of the movie and I saw a bit of, yes. Okay. Whoa. Okay. okay. So okay. what they do is they show like a general, like an army guy, uh, several army guys, like looking over him with nurses. And they're pretty much like, you know, this is the worst thing that could happen. We got to keep him alive. He has a feeding tube through his throat. Mm. And you can see there's like a tube coming out like of urine. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, he's fed through a tube, but he can totally think normally, Julie. What? He is, all of his faculties are there. But he cannot oh see, hear, speak, or move. Oh, my God. So in the book, you can probably get a better sense of that. But in the movie, you can't. Well, in the film, right. it's a voice. And you know it's his thoughts. Okay. Got it. Okay. So there so is a good. voice mm-hmm. while things are happening. So he gets to where what? he doesn't realize it. Okay. So there's he's in the hospital bed. Mm-hmm. And he says, I feel something. This is his voice. I feel something pulling from my shoulder. Well, they mm-hmm. were pulling stitches out. Oh, my God. And he can actually feel it. He is not without feeling in the torso that he has. And he realizes as they're pulling the stitches out, he go, he's screaming in his thoughts. Oh, my God, I lost an arm. Oh How am I going to go gosh. back home and go to work without an arm? And then they switch over to the other side and they take the stitches out of the other side and he can feel it. Oh my gosh. And then they take the stitches out of each of his legs. 
And so that it continues. Oh my God. And he's screaming in his head. And, and, and oh so he starts with like, it's okay. I'm going to go home with an arm. Okay. Maybe I can go home with no arms. And then you just feel his anxiety. <gasps> you can hear it in his voice. And it's just like amping up. Oh my God. It's, it's giving me a bit of a Twitter in my chest because yeah. it's like Ooh. claustrophobia times 3 billion. Yeah. That is some severe claustrophobia. Yes. Whew. I'm feeling now, dizzy. This is intense. It's okay. So I want to talk more about the film. So in some of his flashbacks, he, because they sedate him. So they, he will start to like twitch or move his head. And so they'll give him sedation. So then mm -hmm. he goes into like a dream state and okay. he has flashbacks of him playing cards with other soldiers mm -hmm. and Jesus is there. Oh. And Jesus is played by Donald Sutherland. Oh, no way. So through my entire lifetime, John Donald Sutherland has been 65 years old. Yes, exactly. He, like he's always been 60. Yes. Right? This yes. is like a 25-year-old Donald Sutherland playing Jesus. No way. Do, do a little Google Donald Sutherland, Johnny Get I Your know. Gun. And he's gorgeous. He's a gorgeous Donald Sutherland Jesus. Oh, my God. Like, I see it. I mean, yes. the white Caucasian Jesus that we've all grown to believe, which is bullshit. Right. But anyway, he's got this long right. flowing blonde hair and this jawbone and this, you know, this beautiful and he's in a robe. So in Johnny's like flashbacks, we now see Jesus. Oh, my gosh. Oh my gosh. Interesting. OK, so <clears throat> there's a couple lines where Jesus says some funny stuff. I didn't write it down, but the only the only part in the movie where there's a little bit of humor is. Mm -hmm. They like they're playing um, blackjack and Jesus okay. makes a joke about how he can't believe he always loses when it's Jesus. Like, you know what the cards are. Right. Exactly. Like that. There's like this funny part where they're like, Jesus, you can't lose at blackjack. And he's like, you're right. I can't. And then he does have 21. But he oh acts like gosh. he does. It's just like funny things that Jesus says. Right. <laughs> OK. So then we get back to like him in the current day. OK. He imagines his dad mm -hmm. coming to him saying, you do know how to communicate. Trust me, son. I know you can figure this out. You do have a way to communicate. And, and Johnny's like, what are you talking about, dad? I have no way to communicate. And, and his dad is like, yes, you do. I know you have it in you. You can figure this out. Johnny's like, what the fuck? I have no arms or legs. I can't talk. What are you talking about? Well, he gets to where he can feel vibrations there is a particular oh. nurse that that takes pity on him. Okay, mm -hmm. so the jerks, like the shoulder, the uh, general, and then the head nurse, insist mm -hmm. on keeping the shutters closed because they're afraid people will look in the windows and find out about this guy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, the really nice nurse comes in and opens the shutters, and Johnny and his head is going. Well, oh my gosh, that's sunshine! That's sunshine on my face! Thank you, thank you, thank you. Whoa. And he knows it's the nurse because her she's very tiny. Her vibration is very slight. So he gets oh to where gosh. he knows who's in the room by the vibrations. Oh, my gosh. Well, this nurse, she takes a lot of pity on Johnny to the point okay. where she takes down his sheet covering his chest and she starts touching him. And it is 
pretty obvious that she is moving her hands a little bit lower down his body. Oh, my. And it's really still like this tender thing, though. Like, she's like, I am the only one that knows there's something inside of you. Because everyone else thinks that he's just, they think that he also he's can't think. Right. right. And she knows. So she gives him some very tender pleasure. And it's actually okay. done. It's done. It's done in a very, like, classy way. Okay. And, okay. So then, like, another nurse comes in and is like, keep these curtains closed. And she's always opening them. So then Johnny Aww. starts having these dreams mm-hmm. that he is a, quote, freak in a carnival show. Oh, my gosh. So he's having okay. these dreams that people are like, step right up. See the legless, armless man. Because, you know, back at that time, they did do like these traveling, quote, freak shows. Yeah. And, and they would have people that now it's like totally not OK, but like. Little right. people or the bearded lady. Bearded lady. Uh-huh. And he's thinking, oh, this maybe could be something I could do with my life. This is the only thing I could mm-hmm. maybe do with my life. So he has these very weird dreams of being in this freak show. Okay. So he's thinking and thinking and thinking with his dad saying, you know, like, how do you, you can communicate and you can't figure it out. Mm-mm-mm. He starts moving his head up and down off the bed in a rhythm okay oh okay and the general comes in again or a doctor and says this is bullshit sedate him there's even a part where the the priest comes in and he thinks that something the it looks like the priest thinks that this guy really does have thought and that they're doing something terrible Uh uh-huh and he says, I will pray for this man for the rest of my days, but he is the product of your profession, not mine. Oh. So it's like this like anti-war statement that the priest makes. Like, this man is not this way because of God. Like, oh, this is right. not God's doing. This is war. Got it. Okay. So there's a thinking that the film is has like this anti-war sentiment. Mm-hmm. But there's also this suicide slash euthanasia argument like Mm. he gets to where he wants someone to kill him he cannot Mm. commit suicide on his own he wants to be killed he starts moving his head in this like up and down motion and they're like sedate him sedate him and then finally another like military guy comes in Mm -hmm. and says he's doing morse code i knew with it his head i knew it i was like he could do morse code yes with his head do 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 yes. do like nod it like yes <gasps> so this guy this military guy starts tapping on his forehead asking him questions in morse code oh my god that okay okay so there's these this scene where another army guy is tapping on his shoulder his forehead mm-hmm. saying like what do you want or what can we do And Johnny repeatedly over and over and over and over again says, SOS, kill me. SOS, kill me over and over again. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. There is a scene then where the nurse is alone with him and she begs for forgiveness from God. She says a prayer. And she cuts off his breathing tube. 
and she's praying, God, forgive me, God, forgive me. And Johnny is praying for her too. He's, Mm -hmm. he's dying and he's like, please forgive this woman. She's doing the right thing. Mm -hmm. And then the general walks in, kicks the nurse out and reattaches the tube and insists that they keep him alive. And that nurse is like fired. Oh my gosh. So they reattach the tube and they sedate him again. And Johnny says, if I had arms, I could kill myself. If I had legs, I could run away. If I had a voice, I could talk and be some kind of company for myself. If I could yell for help, but nobody would help me, not even God. There is no God. There couldn't be a God in a place like this. Mm. And yet I've got to do something because I don't see how I can go on like this much longer. SOS, help me, help me, help me, help me over and over and over. Oh my God. And then the screen goes black. And then on the screen, it says over 8 million have died since 1914 in wars across the country, across the world. Over 150 have been missing or mutilated. Oh my God. And then it says a poem by Wilford Owen. It says, it is sweet and fitting to die for one's country. Oh, uh, oh my gosh. The end. I have goosebumps all over my body and I already knew what I was going to say. Oh my God. Uh, this The movie was made in 1971. Correct. Right. Holy moly. That is brutal. That is- so the film has been called, you know, an anti-war film, a pro-euthanasia film. You really are given this idea about what really does life mean? And, you know, when mm-hmm. the chaplain is like, this is not God, this is war. God would not That's, wish this yeah. on anyone. You can almost sense that the chaplain is willing to consider euthanasia himself, killing him himself. Oh, wow. Right. You know, it's bad when the chaplain's like, this isn't God. You know, it's bad. Yeah. This man should be put out of his misery, but it ends with you thinking that he will stay that way darkest episode yet i wish i had something happy and something (laughs) cheery to say so i listened to this podcast i listened to a a podcast called killing missing hidden okay and at the end of his story about something really sad he does something called a palate cleanser And oftentimes it'll be just a really stupid dad joke. And I don't have one right now. I don't have a palate cleanser for you guys, Melomaniacs. I wish I saved my today years old for the end because that would have been nice. We we could have laughed our way through. Yeah, we need a palate cleanser. Um, So, I mean, I mm, gosh, yeah, this is uh, really sad. So if you go back and look at the lyrics of this song, knowing this. Oh, yeah. Every Mm -hmm. single line you're like, oh yeah, this is about Johnny Get Your Gun. Like if you, yeah, if you watch Johnny Get Your Gun and then listen to the song, you know, you're like, oh yeah, totally, I get it. If mm-hmm. you didn't know about Johnny Get Your Gun, though, you would be like, wow, this is, uh, yeah, 
it's there's a reason why it's called death metal it's like <laughs> i want to die metal which is yes. also it also coincides with the way i feel when i listen to death metal 